tag team here today. You know, just a number of years ago, uh, just on the prophetic, um, I was a youth pastor up in Canada at uh, my home church. Uh, Carrie and I met at Portland Bible College. We went up to my home church in Edmonton, Alberta for 20 years. And uh, the youth group was, we started off with six kids, okay? And, uh, you know, they, they didn't need a pastor. They needed an evangelist. They were just, uh, it was quite the group, actually. Later in that group, there would be six people who make the front page of the newspaper for the wrong reason, and uh, including murder and shooting a policeman And uh, in, in this group. Well, we did a youth retreat one time, and we invited Bob McGregor to come up. And it was like there was a stalemate in this youth ministry. I mean, like there was just... It was flesh and spirit, you know, there was a war in the spirit that we were having in our youth ministry at that time. And Bob came and he began to prophesy. And he was prophesying to the bones. I mean, on that youth ministry, like that youth ministry at that time, probably 30 people at that time, uh, he just began to prophesy and just declare things over us. There was a breakthrough. Something was released in that youth ministry at that time. And we just saw, uh, just from that point on, just a momentum that was set that began to happen in our youth ministry. Well, uh, fast forward it 20 years later here and, uh, at, at Rock Point, And, uh, you know, there was a points of, hey, just stalemate. It was just stalemate. And that, that's the best way to put it. And we brought in uh, pr- prophetic ministry, prophetic assemblies, and different things. It dislodged that stalemate. And I just want to encourage everybody on the prophetic ministry. Get a, get a presbytery in your church. Get a prophetic ministry. When sometimes you're just hitting those, those hard uh, areas and hard spots in your church. Get prophetic ministry in and just allow the... Uh, things, something happens in that super, in the, the heavenly realm that just releases uh, something in that church. And it is actually uh, very powerful uh, to, to see that, that ministry. Give me a big amen, all right? That is the truth on, on that one. Well, hey, I do want to thank uh, Bill Scheidler for ministering this morning uh, as well, and uh, Mark Strong. That What a great word that was. Let's give Mark a hand again. And uh, Bob McGregor on the Apostle, and he is an Apostle, and uh, such a great dynamic uh, ministry. And also, I want to thank my good friend, uh, Jess, Pastor Jess Strickland, and also my beautiful wife, Karen. She's always got a great word, and so I'm thankful for that. And I just want to thank, first of all, um, we, ha- we had at Rock Point 71 volunteers who helped out with this, uh, with, uh, this event, you know, and it's just, uh, <laughs> blessings to all of you. You know, it all started with, hey, we're just going to fix the stage, Pastor Jeff, okay, which led to the lobby, which led to the fellowship room, which led to, hey, let's do this as well, okay? And uh, how many know, like, when that at your home, you know what you do? You say, hey, I'm just going to get a coffee table, right? And then it's, you do, you do a whole remodel of the home, right? Okay, but we're thankful for that. I just want to, all the speakers, uh, you guys were marvelous, you know, just, uh, just tremendous, and uh all the worship teams, the Rock Point team, and the PBC team, 
uh, just really thankful uh, for that. And I just want to just say to the lead pastors, um, you know, just feel free uh, to get together with Karen and I. Uh, we, we, we work on what's called MFI Mondays, okay? And we just try to get together with uh, any of the lead pastors and, hey, we'll drive out to Goldendale and we'll drive out to Lincoln City. We'll go up to Longview or Salem or wherever it might be. But, hey, we just want to connect with you and be in uh, fellowship and association. If you want to meet at um, any food place, that's great. I've, I've, done, I've done tacos in um, Longview. Yeah, different. <laughs> coffee's good. Yeah, good coffee's good. I, I haven't been to Cascade Locks yet, just to let you know there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And also downtown, I mean, uh, and we're, I got to get together with CT as well. But hey, praise the Lord. Um, thank you, guys. You, you, it's a tremendous uh, what God is doing here uh, with all of us, binding us and knitting our hearts together for the purposes of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's uh, just in closing, I'm just going to go on a short one. I'm changing my message here from the notes. And uh, I'm going to be talking about embracing doing good. Embracing doing good. Okay. A few, a few weeks ago, I was uh, at our, our men's meeting at our church, and I just was uh, sitting with the, the guys. And what, the way we work our uh, men's meeting, we meet at 7.30 on once a month on a Saturday. Uh, we have uh, uh, food, and then we have somebody share their testimony. And then we have a prayer time around these round tables with the men. And as I was in prayer with the, the guys at the table, I just said, hey, guys, you know, I'm just praying that the Lord gives me some divine appointments because uh, my youth pastor, uh, Thomas back there, he's already saved, okay? Uh, Karen, uh, we, <laughs> we've really worked on her, but she's just about saved. And, uh, you know, I, ju I just need some new experiences. Lord, give me some new divine appointments. And, and the boys, the men prayed for me that I would have these divine appointments. And so the next day, Steve and Barb were here with us at the, ch at the church. And they just uh, uh, came for a visit and everything. We went out for lunch afterwards to the Allison and the Jory. And we're, we're sitting there. And uh, we were having our meal, and all of a sudden, turning around, there's this one man, and he says, hey, I'm Ron Wyden, your senator, you know? And, uh, and it's like, whoa, hey, hi, Ron, you know? And th then we continued eat, eating our meal, and we ate our meal, and uh, then uh, Karen says, you need to pray for him. Oh, yeah, we're going to go pray for him. And we went over, um, Steve, and I, Steve and I, and uh, we just laid our hands on Ron, Ron White, and he says, oh, pray for the whole world. Pray for the whole world. And so, no, 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 we're going to pray for you, okay? <laughs> and just an opportunity to, uh, we laid hands on uh, the senior senator for Oregon, Ron Wyden, and we prayed for him. Lord, bless him, give him wisdom, give him grace. And here he's also sitting, he's trying to do some fundraising. There's some uh, multimillionaires there, and they, the local family, and we just prayed because they've gone some, through some hard times here recently. Just pray, hey, Lord, comfort them in this time and just minister to them. And they just all raised their head. Hey, thank you. Thank you. And it's like, Lord, give us opportunities to do good. Okay? Acts 10.38, what does it say? Here we go. When, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Spirit. How many are full of the Holy Spirit? And with power. And he went about doing good and healing who were all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And I just want to encourage us, every one of us, do good, okay? You know, there's a couple verses in Titus, and uh, three verses I want to just hit right here. Uh, first one, uh, speaking to elders, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, and self-controlled. Moving on. In all things, showing yourselves to be a pattern of good works. Okay, good works goes all the way from giving a cup of water in Jesus' name to raising the dead. Okay, so you, well, you, 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 you've got the gamut right there uh, of how far you can go with that. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility. Be an example in that area. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain or be devoted. And here's the tough one for churches, okay, is maintaining it, okay, maintaining good works, to continue it, to be devoted to uh, good works. These things are good and profitable to men. So Paul was talking to Titus in this, this situation, and he says, hey, Titus, I want you to do uh, three things, okay? We have the uh, Crete. Cretans who are, uh, they're li liars, they're uh, gluttons, and they're evil beasts, okay? There is, this isn't Newburg, okay? Newburg holds the record with the amount of churches that are, are per capita here with 37 in this city of 24,000. Crete had zero, okay? And he says, hey, how you are going to change your culture, how you are going to change the world that you are presently living in is this is what I want you to do. I want you to plant churches. I want you to get elders in those churches. I want you to begin to model the Christian lifestyle. And I want you to continue to maintain good works that you would just on a regular basis hit your society Hit your culture, hit the locale that you are put in with good works. Keep beating it with good works. And uh, Hebrews 13, 16 says these words. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Moving on. Don't let evil conquer you. Or conquer evil by doing good. And it talks putting about putting heaps of coals upon their head. How many of you are familiar with that? And the, si the situation is, uh, don't take vengeance on, on your enemy, but do good to them. Conquer evil with good. And what he's talking about there, he says, hey, your, your neighbor comes to you. He's got company. He, he's got, he's, he needs fire. He needs fire to feed his family, to uh, warm up his home and everything. And that guy knocks on your door, that person that you just hate and can't stand. And he knocks on that door. He says, hey, the way you treat him at that point, instead of just giving, oh, hey, you can have a couple coals of, of fire here. No, he says, hey, put that in a bowl and in a pot and just heap it in there. Just keep pouring it on there and put it on his head. Make sure that he has lots. And instead of uh, getting back at this guy, you show him the love. Conquer the evil with the good. Okay? 
And so that those those thoughts and Galatians six nine, let so let's not get tired of doing what is good, and just the right time we will reap a harvest, a blessing if we don't give up. Everybody turn to your neighbor saying do good. Okay, all right, okay. So Luke one, and here's for all the Malala gang a little repeat here. Okay, Luke one. And as much as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative, and this is Luke at the beginning of his introduction to the Gospel of Luke, fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me. Also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. It seemed good to me. Now, think of this for a second, okay? Okay, you're looking at Luke, and it's the Gospel of Luke, and you say, hey, Luke, how did you get that revelation? How did you get that understanding for the to write the Gospel of Luke? Did, did all of a sudden God speak to you? Luke, I'm your father, okay? You know? All of a sudden, there was a purple haze, okay? And then all of a sudden, the angels began to sing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's how the angels sounded. If you wondered, that is how they sound, okay? And um, <laughs> no, I don't want to take your view of heaven away from you, okay? And all of a sudden, it's like, all of these things, just rainbows and different, no, 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 no. It, no, no, it didn't, it didn't go like that. It was, there was none of that. Luke says, he says, hey, it's, it seemed good to me. He says, hey, I, I'd heard some stories from Mary on some of this stuff. I know Mark was working on this thing, and I just wanted to give a different perspective for the, um, the Greek culture, and I just wanted to work on it, and, and I worked on it. And it seemed good to me. And here's the little lesson I want to give, okay? When you start doing good, God gets into your goodness and your good work, your good action, your good thought, your good idea, your good choice, your good decision, your good move, and that good thing becomes a God thing. Good thing becomes a God thing. The God thing doesn't start with a God thing. It starts with a good thing, okay? And for Luke, it just seemed good to me. And sometimes we're, we're, we're battling as a church, especially in the area of evangelism, we got a paralysis of analysis. And we're saying, hey, I, I, I don't, oh, should we do this or should we do that? Should we try this thing or we should try? Well, I don't know if we should. Well, maybe is that the will of God? I don't know if that feel. Hey, throw away the paralysis of analysis. And if you begin to do the good thing, it will turn into a God thing. You do the good thing, it will turn into a God thing. Let me give you one example. Many moons ago, Karen was a 
not many moons ago, very few years ago, Karen was a child, okay? She was like an eight-year-old, eight, eight ten-year-old. How old were you at that time? Okay. She was ten years old, <laughs> and she's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She's living seven years old. Seven years old, she's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And she's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and there comes a outreach from a evangelistic, evangelical Lutheran church into her neighborhood. This group comes in, and they do a little child presentation. Okay, so they're doing what, what they do, the balloons, probably some clowns, some face painting, doing what they do. And it's like, hey, how many know that's a good thing? Okay, well, the ventriloquist right at the end is going to tell the gospel story. Okay, so the, he gets going on it, and he goes, hey, you know what? How do you find Jesus in your life? Well, the way you, t you do it is you've got to ask him into your heart. You've got to ask, ask him to forgive you of all the wrong. Oh, I would really like to do that. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, why don't you with all the little girls and, and boys, if, is there anyone here who would want to raise their hand and say, I want Jesus in my life? And there's Karen in the front row with her sister, and they raise their hands and say, yeah, I want Jesus in my life. And at that point, Jesus came in Karen's life. Two things. Two things. One, any dummy can lead somebody to the Lord, okay? <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, if you will do good things, God can turn it into a God thing. Come on, people. You know, we our youth pastor, Thomas, back there, Thomas West, and we're thankful to have him on staff. He came from Joy Medford and Joy Eugene, and now he's with us, him and his wife, uh, Melissa. And they ran a campaign this uh, fall, okay, which was with um, a, a group called uh, Destiny Rescue. And what the Destiny Rescue does is bring girls out of uh, sex trafficking slavery in Thailand. And they went and sold bracelets. Hey, how many think that's a good thing? S selling some bracelets. Well, they raised $1,500 selling these little bracelets. But how many know it's a God thing to get that girl out of the sex trafficking trade? We're, with Destiny Rescue, we were actually the first youth group in the United States just by ourselves to liberate a girl from sex, sex slavery. This, there's a man back there. His name is Ken Summers. Ken Summers goes to Cuba on a regular basis. They sell cars. He has, we, as a church, we raise money for Cuba. We're raising uh, for um, uh, houses so churches can meet. The, the movement there, uh, how many have been to Cuba in, in this group here? There's a, I know there's a few of them and a few more who are going with Phil Jake with. 
who have gone. And through a period of time, that group has raised about, uh, uh, through this church and through Ken, about $100,000 has gone through to these churches. This movement in, in uh, Cuba, when we started with them, there was only about 300 churches. There's now about 800. And they're going into houses and sending the houses. There's about 150, 200 people squeezed in there. And there is a revival breaking out in Cuba. And a good thing, a good effort by Ken Summers and some others thing has turned into a God thing. God is looking for individuals, for churches. I know City Harvest, even this uh, Christmas, we're doing meals for people that were in, in need, and they've constantly been doing things. I know all of the churches here represented, you're doing things. But what we need to do is, and this is the challenge for all of us, maintain the good works. Continue to be devoted in this area. How did the Good Samaritan become good? When you read Luke 10, you don't even read the word good in there. How does he become known as the Good Samaritan? Like you've got the pastor and the worship leader that, that bypassed him, you know, as he's broken, as he's broken and he's laying on the ground. The uh, the, the the individual who's there, they say, "Oh, hey, I got to get my sermon done. I got to go." They move past the worship leader go, goes there and he sees it. Hey, I got a worship practice. I got to miss this, and he goes by. But there comes the Samaritan, and the Samaritan takes a person who is broken, who is wounded, who is hurt, and he takes them through the whole process to bring him to a place of healing, of whole, wholeness and hope in his life, and he takes him through the whole system. Hey, he, he pours in the oil and the wine. He puts him on his animal. He takes him to the inn. He takes him to the inn, and he pays for the rest of it, and he says, if there needs to be anything else done, I'll pay that too. And, we, and he brings that person to a place of wholeness, and he becomes known as the Good Samaritan because he was committed to bringing people from a place of brokenness to wholeness. The good thing becomes a God thing. Amen. That's what I have to say today. Breaking the analysis of paralysis. Okay, let's all stand. Okay, everybody raise your right hand. All right. Yes. I charge you, men and women of God, do good. Represent Jesus Christ to your communities, to your churches. Lord, I pray right now for everyone here, for every church represented, every leader. Lord, let there be an anointing, Lord, upon their life, Lord. And I just pray new strength, new grace for this new year. And I pray, Lord, just let them go forth in confidence, encouraged through the work of the Holy Spirit and through your word, Lord. Lord, I pray a mighty blessing 
upon everyone in this room right now. Lord, you see every church. Lord, you see every plan. You see every dream. You see the visions. God, Lord, you see the battles that we're facing right now. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, strengthen your people, help your people, but most of all, bless your people. Let your favor and your presence just rest upon them today and all through this year. We just pray that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for coming to embrace A2 Conversation 2020. God bless you.